Welcome to the Mystery of History podcast with the author Linda LaCour Hobar. The Mystery of History is an award-winning world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for parents and teachers seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration for home and education from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, and welcome to the Mystery of History podcast. We are so glad you're here. Today, my guest is Michelle Dunham, and she's the founder of Ruby Reads. Now, the story is, I found her at a booth in Wichita, Kansas during convention season this year, and it didn't take me long to think, ooh, I want this lady on my podcast. You see, if you could picture a homeschool convention. I'm pretty busy. I really usually just have a few minutes to scoot around in the vendor hall and see other people. I mean, I'm always looking for stuff. I'm looking for people. I'm looking for new products, what's out there that's new and cool. So if you can picture me doing this, I'm clipping along in the aisles. I'm in this vendor hall. I'm in high heels. I'm wearing a suit. I have like a minute to spare. And all of a sudden, I hit the brakes. I spin around and I do see a new product. And if you can imagine that, you're picturing my first encounter with Ruby Reads. What did I see that spun me around in my high heels? <laughs> what I saw were giant coloring pages for read alouds. I was so excited. And the official name of the booth is Ruby Reads. So my intrigue was so natural. Here I am. I'm loving homeschool. I'm loving read alouds. And then I love coloring pages. So I had to stop and learn more. And the lovely lady that I met was Michelle Dunham. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Do you remember me stopping in my tracks the way I just described? I, I absolutely do. It was great. <laughs> I think I might have even surprised you and whoever you had with you. You had a helper that day, didn't you? Yes, my business partner, Don, was with me in Wichita. We were having a great time and you stopped by and we had a great visit. Yes, yes. I was probably on a little bit too much caffeine that day as well. <laughs> I think you were speaking. So you were on that like speaker high. I was. I was. Well, listen, for our um, folks tuning in today, I am going to read your bio and then we'll jump into your message. So here's the facts. Michelle Dunham is the devoted mom of three growing bookworms who believes deeply in the power of read aloud stories. Michelle is a former teacher who also holds master's and doctoral degrees in educational psychology and research. Her love of family reading and knowledge of learning science led her to found Ruby Reads, where she designs products that help families fall in love with reading together. Oh, I love that bio. <laughs> I like to picture families reading together. Okay, well, let's dive into your new and bustling company. So question number one, what are these read aloud posters that you founded at Ruby Reads? Give us the, the big picture. So our read aloud posters are these large format posters. They actually, most of them measure 28 by 40 inches. So big enough for your whole family to get around and work on. And we start with a uh, great artwork that will help your kids visualize the setting of the story. So it kind of gives them a boost on that right away. And then also incorporates all sorts of great things to enhance your read aloud, like graphic organizers, like timelines that they're completing or Venn diagrams that help them compare settings or characters. We have places for them to draw portraits of characters and then also talk about character traits as you're working through the book. 
So all sorts of things that are incorporated sort of seamlessly into this beautiful coloring that really helps them feel like immersed in the story itself. Ooh, immersed. Good word for that. Now, what is your background in education and how did that help you come up with this whole idea of these big posters? So I did before I had kids, I taught third grade and I taught first grade. And um, when I started reading with my kids, when they were a little bit older, we were reading through the Little House on in the what well, we call it the Little House in the Prairie series, but really the first book is Little House in the Big Woods. And I just kept thinking, I wish that I had gotten out my map for this, or I wish we had a map that we could draw on or write on to show how things are moving along in the story and show different changes. And um, as you know, as a mom, if you are in the middle of a read aloud, the very last thing that you want to do is break the read aloud bubble and kind of go get your thing to show them. So I started thinking rather than like stop and go get a resource, which is fine to do. But a lot of times I find that we skip that. And because you can still understand most books if you kind of skip the map and you skip a few words or things here and there. But it's really richer if you have a visual and you can see on that map as you're going. And so that was the beginning of that idea of what if we could do something that was interactive? So not just a regular map, but a map that we could trace their journey on and make some different notes. And then if we were doing that, how would we also maybe um, incorporate other activities? So my background and um, both in education, like as a teacher, and then um, doing my master's and PhD in learning science, um, all of that kind of came into play when I was thinking about what my kids would benefit from. And so we started adding more elements to that big read aloud poster. And the other thing is I really thought, let's do it really big so that everybody can see it. We all have a common visual reference. So we're not just everybody drawing their own character portraits or their own ideas of things. We're working on it together. So my littles learned from my bigs and a lot of times my bigs learn from my littles and we're all working on it together. So it's a like a full part of our family lexicon and the vocabulary of stories that we all kind of know. That always happens, I think, when you read a book together. You all have this common experience. But, um, you know, when you're doing all of the making up of the pictures um, and the mapping out of ideas in your head, you don't have that shared experience. So I found that as we continue to do more kind of drawing and um, mapping out on our own together before we actually ever made posters, I could just see that there was so much more being built into my family's experience. And so we just sort of built all of those things into the posters that we then developed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can just see that. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, audio learners 
obviously will really enjoy the read alouds, but you could potentially lose your visual learner who's kind of wanting to fidget and do something with his or her hands. Therefore, that poster that you're working on all together just adds a whole nother layer, gives that visual learner another opportunity or another way to grab some of these things. I love it. Now, if you could back up just a second, I want you to elaborate on the word, the coin. Uh, I don't know if you coined the phrase, but the read aloud bubble you're talking about busting the read aloud <laughs> bubble. I'm sitting here picturing, uh, you know, the the boy and the girl in the family who sometimes would fight like cats and dogs and how easily one poking the other in the ribs was busting that bubble. Or, you know, yeah. when dad works at home and comes through being goofy. So anyway, is that what you mean about bursting the bubble? Just the nonsense that goes on? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's it's kind of elusive for some of us. And I mean, there's always things that come into play like little antsy kiddos or um, kids that need something to do with their hands or, or, you know, like you're saying, when they're just kind of at each other a little bit, because you're all together, right? Um, And I think we all want that magic moment where everyone is completely involved in the story, totally focused. Everyone is just like, I'm going to say it again, immersed in that Mm -hmm. experience, right? And that is what I think we all want. And that's the vision of read aloud that I think moms always have when we sit down with a book. We think, oh, this is going to be beautiful. My kids are going to sit down. We're all going to snuggle (laughs) under a blanket and it's all just going to go beautifully. And And the truth is, (laughs) if it does, we're really lucky and we don't want to break that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is what I said first. But sometimes it's just hard getting them in the bubble, right? Like there's one that you're always trying to, it's like herding cats a little bit is like, you know, you get everybody there and then somebody needs to go to the bathroom and then somebody, you know, there's just all sorts of things. It's the, it's the nature of of parenting and life. And that's the way that it is. But to me, when I, what I didn't really recognize when I started putting that poster in front of them is that they would just, all of a sudden focus around this one thing. And it just became um, such a unifier, which was an unintended benefit of it. Like first, Mm -hmm. because the teacher in me and the person who knows like um, how great it is to add visual to the auditory and the the kinesthetic and like all of my learning background was how I kind of like intellectually developed the poster. But when I would see how it worked, like in real time with my kids, and the dynamic that developed, I think that was the extra something that I think made it really magic for my kids and me. Um, So it kind of took out that element of um, let's, you know, that struggle where you're Mm -hmm. trying to get them around it. And instead, they just kind of dove in and it was really fun and engaging. And I didn't have to feel like I had to kind of manufacture that as much. Right. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking this may this may explain why some people find our audiobook so beneficial because in a way my audiobook is sort of that start button to invite them into the bubble. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if mom's reading the story, that's fine. And many a family, you know, the parents are reading our lessons, but if they have to sort of go the extra effort and start our audiobook one way or another, it's an MP3 or drop an old CD in a player or whatever, it's kind of that start button and it's, it's harder to stop and start it. And so it kind of keeps them in. 
you know, it's that little bit of mm-hmm. like, okay, listen, just everybody into the bubble, 10 minutes. And um, there's just a little less distraction when they're, yeah, there's something to listen to. So anyway, yeah. well, moving along, if you could describe the perfect candidate for these big posters, uh, who would you say they're for? What ages seem to really thrive on these? So we say broadly five to 12, just because that's um, a lot of families have kids right in that age range. And I don't usually expect, although they can certainly participate, kids younger than five to really be actively involved in the poster. Um, sometimes they're doing the coloring, but they're not as much contributing to um, more of the written activities. Um, and most of our books, at least at this point, um, kind of top out at interest um, level around 12, 13. I think that's very flexible, though. Um, I usually tell folks, though, there's a lot of range in there. So I wouldn't read a po- read a book with a poster um, like a, an advanced book, say maybe Number of the Stars or um, Island of the Blue Dolphins that's meant for fourth, fifth, sixth graders. I wouldn't read that to a first, second, third grader with a read aloud poster and expect that read aloud poster to bridge the gap between what is developmentally appropriate. Um, but we do know that a lot of times you you have a book in mind that you want to read with your whole family and say you have like a nine and an 11 year old that you really want to be reading um, a number of the stars with. And you also have a seven year old and maybe a five year old because that's the way that it really is. Um, so that can still work. You just know that you're really reading that specifically for your nine and 11 year old. And it's helping your five and your seven year old hang in there and get more information out of it. But it's not primarily benefiting those younger kids um, just because they're not really ready to take in and absorb everything that is incorporated into the contents of some of those older kid books. Oh, we know exactly what you mean here at the Mystery of History, because that is so descriptive of a lot of our families where, say, your 9, 10 or 11 year old is right on track with one of our volumes. But there's a four, five or six year old, and we'll just call them a tag along, who actually Mm -hmm. is getting an enormous amount out of it. But it's with different expectations. You're right. They're not connecting the dots, but there's some fun hands on stuff for them to, you know that's age appropriate. Well, listen, how would you then describe or suggest that a family would start as in, would you say, oh, pick a read aloud and then find a poster to match? Or would you flip that around and say, "Mm, let me look at your list of posters to maybe guide us towards some excellent read alouds, which comes first? Well, I mean, I think people have done it both ways, to be honest. Um, I know some folks come in with their list of read-alouds that they already know that they're going to be reading in a particular year, and they'll just pick and choose from our list of available posters. Um, But, and this I always count as a huge privilege, is when they don't know anything about a book. I mean, we have a few newer titles in our repertoire right now. And because people have seen other posters or they've done some of our other posters or they recognize other titles and know that we really believe in excellent books, they will take that as a recommendation and choose that book just because. And I I consider that to be a huge compliment, right? Um, so I people do it both ways. Um, and I think either one works. 
Okay, that makes total sense. And just off the cuff here, what is the total number of posters you have available right now? Right now we have 11 and we're sending our 12th to print. So it'll be out in August, which is exciting for us. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I have some more questions. If you would describe on a deeper level, the guiding principles behind these posters and just elaborate on the material that comes with them, because I have had the privilege of uh, you shipped one to me. I'm going to not give it away yet. So I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But what I didn't expect was that this neat little pamphlet that came with it. So tell my listeners what it is that comes with that poster, this little this little guide. So each poster does come, as I said, like it's a 28 by 40. It comes rolled up to you in like a poster delivery tube. And then it, they all come with an activity guide that's written for mom or dad but it also is like verbiage that could be just read straight to your kids. But I usually prefer to read it myself, kind of internalize what the activities are um, and what I want the kids to do. And then I translate that. Um, But we hope that that guide gives you a lot of good verbiage for how you want to talk about the activities to your kids. We put a lot of thought into that. We also um, include extension activities and additional resources, library lists, and um, all sorts of good stuff that comes right in that package for you to help you get started. So it's really so much more than coloring for those who may not have seen these guides. uh, I'll just insert, you had some pretty nifty stuff, just the way you'll categorize certain pieces of information. Like you said, it might be redoing a short a timeline or coming up with something about special about the setting. So there's all kinds of good stuff embedded in there. So kudos to you for that. I mean, I spend my life trying to write these companion guides doing similar things. You know, it's just breathing life into stories with just a bit more, you know, here, there and everywhere. So mm-hmm. um, now tying this into the mystery of history, I would like to hear your take on tying your concept in specifically for historical fiction. But before you answer that, I want to give some context for my interest. I mean, some of it's obvious, but some of my my people may not know this whole story. So <clears throat> the day that I stepped in at your booth, what I laid my eyes on was that poster for Number the Stars. That's by Lois Lowry. And if you haven't read it, it's a very powerful historical fiction. It's about the Holocaust and I had just finished reading it, which is probably why I would like literally hit those brakes in my high heels. <laughs> it's a very popular book. It's a Newbery Award winner. Um, and backing up as far as the history of the mystery of history. So my publisher in way back years ago had an accomplished team of folks who worked on our suggested literature list to match all our vol- volumes. That's because I was busy writing the books and they provided that literature list and they came up with hundreds of titles to choose from for for each and every volume. But since that time, we've been putting out new editions. And now that all the volumes actually are written, I have more or less taken over these reading lists to give them more personal attention. And one of my ideas was to whittle down what had been an enormous list and make what I call 12 to 15 read aloud favorites for each volume. Now, the point of the favorites obviously is kind of to give a gift to the busy mom or dad who just cannot begin to navigate our giant list because, I mean, it's pretty big. And so just as an example, during the pandemic a couple of years ago, that was a time period when I was in, let's see, I was in volume two 
working on that read aloud list. So I probably read 30 medieval historical fictions, if not more, uh, to try to make up this read aloud favorites list. So I got very attached to the characters and the people. Like I said, I really began to own this. Then I followed with volume three. I just recently was in volume four. And that's why I had just read Number of the Stars, because volume four is our volume that contains the story of the Holocaust. Thus, my deep interest in the coloring pages that match. And, um, you know, even as I sit here, I'm thinking, I love that podcasts are audio, but right now I sure wish our people could see one of these. That would be nice. <laughs> I wish you could see the Number of the Stars poster. It's designed, again, to really enhance the story. One of the things I remember seeing is that there's little stars all the way around the page and the kids could even just literally color in the star for which chapter they're on. So just even something as simple as coloring that little star, I would think would be very gratifying and rewarding to the students as they kind of mark their progress through this book. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's a hard setting, the Holocaust. Now, it's quite brave what the little girl does in the story. I won't give it away, but I think it's very age appropriate for your fourth, fifth grader. But still, at the end of the day, it's it's another Holocaust story. Anyway, um, well, I would like to just ask then how you picture your work dovetailing with our series. I know you don't have all historical fictions, but you do have Number the Stars. But um, I don't know what comes to your mind when you picture history and these posters. So when, I mean, historical fiction is really one of my favorite genres to read in. So we do have several um posters that go with historical fiction books. And I find it's interesting. I think we... Not intentionally, but there are certain um, elements that we've tended to include with our historical fiction books, particularly that I think work really well, that could work uh, for almost really any historical fiction. What I usually say is that there's a lot of elements that we uh, routinely include and you don't really need a read aloud poster. Obviously, we do a lot of artwork and incorporate a lot of thought and detail into the posters. But some of the really basic elements are would be easy to take off the poster and use with any book. And so um, so I think there's some that we use with our historical fiction books that um, are really helpful and um, and help really bring to life that historical fiction piece. So um we almost always have not intentionally, but we find that we've always almost always included a map of some kind on our on our posters for historical fiction, because I think it's really important to see where in the world are we. So actually, the the middle of our um, number of the stars poster is a giant interactive map of Denmark. I think once you see that um, map, and kind of do a little marking around there. Like there's some guided prompts to have them examine some of the areas of the map that will really help them understand how this story could happen. Could you take the author's word for it that they made it across this narrow body of water to Sweden? Yes, absolutely. You can take their word for that. But once you look at the map and you locate exactly where the story is taking place and where Sweden is relative to that, I don't think you ever forget that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it just drives that home in a completely different way. And um, you mentioned the timeline. I, I, we almost always include a timeline mm -hmm. on historical fiction books because, again, I think um, it, it's really important to see where that's taking place in time. And actually, one thing that w I would love to do, um, and we haven't yet, but 
if I were doing just a regular historical fiction book at home, I would have a timeline out all the time and I would be plotting all of these things, um, all of the events, not only how are they occurring within the, the book, but how, where is the book situated in, you know, and I'm sure you can talk a lot about, you have some timeline products, I know, that would, you could plot that out on the much larger scope of histo- history, where each one of those historical books is just a, a limited period of time that you're looking at. But um, you can look at that that small piece of history and then look where it fits um, in the larger scope of time. And I think a timeline is super helpful for making that visible. Yes, you can say this was a long time away. Um, it, w- it was before, but then if you look at your timeline, like we talked about um, number of the stars, like was this, bef- this was before mom was born. Was it before grandma was born? Was it before, um, and what other things have happened? And then look, you know, we would have, how far would we have to stretch our timeline back to get to when Jesus was born or, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. many other things, right? So you have an opportunity, I think, to make that so visible. We do it in some ways on our poster but that's one of our sort of guiding principles is that mm-hmm. there's so much that's going on in any read aloud that it's tempting to skip because it's um, we don't know before we get there. If you've never mm-hmm. read that book before, you don't know what's going to be helpful to my kids. We just read it. And it's always that's like I always think of the best Christmas present, like as people are opening Christmas, Christmas presents, Christmas Day, you really want to know ahead of time, but you don't have time to to pre-read every single book. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think if you know ahead of time, okay, this would be great for us to have. It would be great for us to have a map. It would be great for us to have a timeline. You can do that with any historical fiction piece that you read, but we try to put it on our posters um, and make it um, at least in this one, for this one book, we like to make <laughs> it easy for you. So you know when you're sure. jumping in, I've got the things that are gonna really help my kids understand this more fully. In other words, you're helping out the busy mom and dad, just doing some of the hard work ahead of time. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of my personal reasons for having, I think, a special affection for timelines is it's my observation, and this is nothing new under the sun, but, you know, children, mankind, all of us, we all struggle with selfishness and self-centeredness. And I think one of the things a timeline does is gives us this context that we're but we're just a blip. We're just a little, you know, mark on a big timeline. And I think that's a healthy perspective, you know, that it's not just all about us, but you know, we're so self-absorbed and self-consumed and especially children. So I like timelines to really again let them see there's been about six thousand years of history so that when they think it's the worst, most horrible day of their life, it's like, but really, let's yeah, get some context to that. Well, you know, on a very serious level, um, I would just add here, today's families, they we really are struggling. You know, if today's families are in trouble and swarming toward home education. I think that we're looking for a new old path to just make things a little better. And I say new old path because, as you know, home education isn't new. It's old. It's been around since ancient times when parents did, in fact, take the role of being their primary influence and teacher in their children's lives. And families now, we're just really returning to an old model because the current one is just failing us so much. Oh, goodness. You know, you can begin to list all the issues facing today's families and classrooms, but 
you know, there's obscenity, porn, drugs, confusion, bullying. There's so much. It's really sickening what we hear. And I say all that because on the flip side, I want to celebrate with you something as simple and joyful as coloring pages just to help students uh, for one, slow down to congregate, like you say, even at a kitchen table with pencils in hand, uh, to be listening to their parents, even literally listening to the voice of their parents read a story because listening to parents is that important. You know, we're, we're really, like I said, taking back something. Um, it And then uh, all along the way, what I'm picturing is kids absorbing these timeless truths that the classics have to offer. I mean, what do they teach us? They teach us morals, values, overcoming obstacles. So any era teaches problem solving, compassion, teaches us about cultures other than our own. So I guess you can tell I'm pretty excited that you have uh, tapped into this gold mine of just one more way to help bring read alouds to life, help families grow um, so that what they are doing around the kitchen table is just that much more memorable. Well, in closing, what would you like my listeners to know about your views on the value of family and time spent reading? I'm sure you have another two cents on that, if not more. (laughs) You know what? I'll tell you, my love of reading started when I was at home with my mom reading and I uh, I lost my mom as, when I was pregnant with my son. And mm-hmm. to me, I can still hear her voice when I read books that she read to me when I read to my kids. And mm-hmm. I feel it's such a gift. And I know not every day is magic, but I know I'm building something in them that they will remember and take with them as a sweet memory when they're my age. Hopefully I'll still be here to read to their their kids, but it's such a gift. I love that my mom gave me that gift. I, Mm. it's just so powerful to me. And I feel that when we're reading with our kids, we're giving them that gift of our time, our heart, our, our undivided attention where we're building something together. So to me, that's, just the benefit of read aloud. There's so many others, but that's the core benefit is yeah. you're building into your family. It's a relationship. And exactly. So not every day is magical or wonderful, but over the course of their life, the, all of that time together, all of those stories that you're sharing together, so powerful and unforgettable. Mm-hmm. And I can speak now as a grandmother, I'm enjoying reading to my little grandkids and watching just new things emerge. You know what I'm saying? It's like, for one, my voice is deeper now than when I was a younger mom. So I'm thinking to myself, my grandchildren will have a different memory of my voice than my own kids because <laughs> things change with <laughs> life and time. But anyway, now listen, I believe you have a special for our listeners. So tell us all about that. I absolutely do. So you've mentioned our Number of the Stars poster, and we have other historical fiction posters, but we thought it might be fun for your um, listeners to get to check out um, our all of our posters. So at our website, rubyreadsbooks.com, we have a discount code for you. So it's mystery20, and that's good for 20% off any order on our website of $25 or more. So I'm um, hoping Hopefully that'll help you um, get started looking around and, and give a read aloud poster a try and see how it works for your family. Yay, that's great. Why don't you say the code one more time and the website just for clarification? 
Absolutely. So that code again is mystery, like mystery of history, mystery 20. And our website is rubyreadsbooks.com. Okay. Okay. Friends, I hope you will take advantage of that. You really, you really need to try one of these out, get it in your hands. Well, listen, I um, hope personally to be feeding you more read aloud titles, Michelle, that are going to help our families with historical fiction as it arises. My mind's just jumping with ideas. So I'm going to wish you the best uh, to keep this business bustling so that we can even get some more posters. Michelle, thank you so much for your time, talent, and your heart to just help families. And friends who are listening, I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope to keep you equipped inspired, encouraged with home educations, especially world history from a biblical worldview. Michelle, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I really appreciate it. It was great to join you. Good. I had fun too. And friends, we will see you next time at the Mystery of History podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mystery of History podcast with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on our curriculum or for additional resources like games, video lectures, and self-paced courses, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.